one o'clock spot, ladies and gents. Ever heard of the two minute drill? You're about to. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. The Business Bros Podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business and social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of Business Bros. Ladies and gents, it is my favorite day of the week, SHIT. So happy it's Thursday. And I got a special guest for you. So Bonnie here was one of the very first people we connected with when we started the Business Bros podcast way back in like episode 20. And I would like to say back then when I was not very good podcast host, let's just say at the very beginning. Bonnie connected with us, and uh, and she's come such a long way. I'm excited to have her on the show, and I can't wait to hear your story, Bonnie. Where you where you were and where you've gotten to today has been amazing. So welcome to the program. Thank you, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And yeah, it's been I think it was December 2018 was yeah. the last time we said it's yeah. first pre COVID, right? So pre COVID, it's a it's a, a totally different day. I'm just, just one year ago, things have been completely different, but December, 2018, share with the audience, like what was going on at that time in your life? Wow. So, um, so I have rheumatoid arthritis and some other stuff, some other, um, autoimmune issues. And I had just started taking Humira thinking that this was going to be like my lifesaver, um, I had just been told that the arthritis was in my spine and I actually went to my doctor bawling my eyes out because my two little ones were even littler. I had a two-year-old and a five-year-old at the time. So anyways, yeah, when I met you guys, I had just started on the Humera and it actually wrecked my life. Like it was horrible. It went the complete opposite way as we had hoped. And I remember meeting with you and I had all these great plans. I still have my notes in my notebook from when we talked. And um, come January, I got probably the sickest I had been this whole time um, in bed for like, in a couch bed in the living room so I could be with the boys, but uh, for like three and a half, four weeks. And I decided I had to do something different. It wasn't, medicine wasn't working for me, conventional medicine. Um, and started doing a lot of research on natural healing therapies, you know, supplements, um, meditation, um, adjusting my sleep. There was my diet. I mean, I re literally revamped everything um, in 2019 concerning my health. Um, and you so were... You were also trying to get a business off the ground, right? I mean, when we first spoke, yeah. you know, share with, share with people, what is it that you do and how did your, your health complications kind of put a halt to a lot of that? So I was like, in my mind, I felt like I was, you know, doing a lot of self-care and I was trying to get a business off the ground. I, um, so I make logo gear. Um, this is, I don't know if anybody can see it, but this is one of the rhinestone pieces that I did for my Unbreakable campaign. Um, I did masks for you guys. Oh, yeah, there you go. Logo gear. Um, and I was really trying to find a way to, instead of making one-off custom pieces, I remember talking to you about all the different ways that I could take a project um, to, at that point, doing the logos was the most time-consuming part for me. Um, 
but finding a way to do one-off projects that were larger. So I, where I would create the logo or revamp the logo and then make a hundred shirts, 500 shirts versus these one-off projects I was working on that were really burning me out. Um, and we made it this amazing plan. And like I said, I got super sick after that and things kind of just, they did come to a halt because I was literally forced by my body to just stop everything. 2019 was a very interesting year for me. Um, when when you, uh, by the way, Selby, she says, uh, you know, long time friend doing your thing, girl. Uh, and then we got, we got Gina says she loves your hair. I do too. I think their hair is awesome. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So 2019, you're going through some, some health issues. You, you're trying to grow your business. Uh, and at, at some point here, you could have had the opportunity to just walk away, to stop and you focus your attention just on your health. But you started this campaign, this unbreakable campaign. What's the story behind that? Why unbreakable and why at that time in your life? So in January 2019, right before my like downfall, um, I got to see Evan Carmichael here in Pittsburgh. He came to Pittsburgh. I literally found out two days before he was coming, which I realized yesterday, most of my best projects, my best work and things that have happened are literally like on the spot decisions. Um, so I went to see him and I got super pumped up. I'm like, I'm going to do this. And um then, then, like I said, I got sick and I started making all these plans and um, I did a lot of planning in my downtime. Like I really maximized my downtime, um, which is a double-edged sword, to be honest with you. Um, but that's kind of when I'm still, that's when my brain starts to go. So I started writing all these plans. And then some point, I think it was February, I talked to another great uh, marketer named Chris Cubby. You might know him. He's on Twitter. I think they're in, I'm going to say Finland or North. I'm really bad with geography. But he's on the other side of the world. Um, and he was like, you need to make a movement. You're making products, but you, nothing you're making is really unique. Mm -hmm. And that was like an awesome slap of truth because he, he was 100% right. Like there's nothing I was doing that somebody else couldn't basically duplicate. Um, and as I'm going through all of these different things, I decided I wanted to develop a line for people who um, – had gone through different traumas and chronic illness and were trying to thrive. You know, they weren't really, they weren't stuck anymore. And my original idea was to create again, one-off pieces for each of these people with their own words. And I stopped myself because I was like, I'm not, I'm not going down that road again. And as the one word that literally describes all of them was unbreakable. So I came up with the unbreakable campaign and it just literally just came out of kind of, I want to say it felt like nowhere, but it was just one very quick decision after another and people's input and, and kind of like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I really want to do. It's just to uplift people who are still stuck in those beginning stages after trauma, um, after being diagnosed, to let them know that there is you know, light at the end of the tunnel. And if you take care of yourself and you keep moving even ever so slowly, look, it's been nine years, nine and a half years for me, um, you can still make things happen. Um, but you have to heal yourself in the process or before getting into that process. So I remember having that conversation with you and we were talking about trying to get something done so that you can help masses. And, and we were looking at different concepts, uh, different groups that existed already and trying to become a member of these groups and kind of help out a lot of these people. And then, and then you got uh, a separate advice. The way you were describing it was to generate your movement. 
And, and I feel like all these different pieces of advice are pointing you in, in that same direction. And, and it really comes down to how do you build your tribe? How do you get to the point where you already have a connection with people? There's something you have in common with these people. How do you get those things all together and then be that spark that fuels everybody to say, yes, we're moving in a forward direction. Yes, I'm unbreakable. I'm the type of person who's not going to get knocked down. And I, I think it had to start with you initially. Like, you know, when, when you decided on unbreakable, what were you literally going through in your life? What was that the point where you felt like breaking, but you weren't going to quit? Oh my God. So many times. I mean, I, I don't want to get into all the, the details, but I've definitely gone through um, a lot of different traumas from childhood into adulthood. Um, I, there's a lot of videos up on my YouTube channel. I really tried at one point to kind of talk about these things and talk about how I handled even the day-to-day, -day, like anxiety, stress, you know, cycles of depression. Um, but it, it just got to a point for me where it was like, I quit the medicine that this Humira in March of 2019. I was like, I'm done with this. My doctor was real snarky about it. I was like, I'm going to try vitamins. She was like, take your vitamins. And I'm like, look, <laughs> this is destroying my life. And it, it was after that, that I was like, you know what? I've beat cancer. I've beat foreclosure. I am beating this, this and this and this. And there's this whole list of things. It's like, I think you have to actually be broken to become unbreakable. Like things have to attempt to break you down. Like that you don't just come out that way. People aren't born that way. There are definitely people who have the attitude that are more um, like prone to grow up that way. But you really can't become unbreakable without having things that try to break you. Like you have to go through that process. I uh, I was recently listening to I forgot who the speaker was I think he was an alchemist and he was talking about that story uh the the movie The Secret right and how how you project things you put out things into the world and they're gonna you know somehow magically happen right and and then what he was talking about was he was saying look you know people people try to make that happen they say things that that are gonna happen they want things to happen in their life life kind of puts a roadblock in front of you and and you have two choices at this point right and you're talking about this broken point in your life you have two choices at this point you can decide that this point that this broken this broken part this lower level this bottom part of your life is the point that destroys you or it's the point that builds you up right and i think that's a big difference between a lot of people you had so many adversities come into your life and yet you took those adversities and they made you stronger they made you unbreakable it's like when you're when you're working out at the gym and you tear those muscles down they're sore they're beat but they rebuild that much stronger and so once you started to rebuild once you started to pick yourself up and you were like this is me i am unbreakable what happened to your business what did you start to do more stuff showed up that was designed to break me. Like, I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. It wasn't like, woohoo, I'm done. I've made it. And like, I've learned all the lessons I need to learn. Life was like, nope, you're not done yet. Boom, 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 boom. Um, and it was almost, it, it felt like this. Now, this is before I met David Meltzer. So that's an important point to make. Um, but it was like more stuff just kept happening that, so like after I quit the medicine, I, I still had a downturn. Like I had a lot of recovery time. It took almost eight months to get that out of my system. 
Um, I'm trying to think of what else happened. There, there was a, my, the engine in my truck blew up, our only vehicle, right? Blew up. So we, and we didn't have the money to fix it. Um, engines are expensive. Um, so it was like a year before we got our truck fixed and it was just different little things that it was like, I had to just kept kind of like fighting back. And I, I was thinking actually today that you, you really can't let life get in the way of living. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but stuff's going to happen and mm. you just kind of have to take it as it, it comes, but keep working towards bettering yourself and bettering your situation and keep, you know, reaching up. And the unbreakable campaign was another one of those challenges. Honestly, I opened myself up to hearing everybody's traumatic stories. And I, I, I should have been more clear when I started the campaign and more focused on exactly how I wanted to present. Now you got the information, the emails, you guys, I wasn't ready. I don't think to present and what I was attracting were a lot of people who were, were feeling broken and the campaign was designed to help those people. But I don't think that I was personally yet in a place to do that. And I kind of got sucked into a lot of, um, negative feelings you know a lot of people some people empathetic empath they, they kind of attract and then kind of absorb all of this energy and it was just like i just kept going down and down because i felt helpless trying to help these other people mm -hmm. you know what i mean well, um you know it, it, it's funny because oftentimes we we do that as as human beings right we we get in a position where we've gone through a lot and so we we're and we're we're putting in a vulnerable state, so we're able to open up to people, uh, and so people can really connect with you because they they're going through very similar things. There are a lot of people who are going through broke times. There are a lot of people who are going through health issues, and so they're they're and you're giving them a beacon to go out and talk about where they are. And I think that you're exactly right. People fall into this trap where when I open up. I start to hear people and I start to be become become them, right? You start to really feel who they are. And it's a very treacherous hill to be to be going down because you on the one hand, you want to be a beacon of support. On the other hand, it's almost like crabs in a bucket. You got to be careful because they're gonna be pulling you down, right? So that's exactly what happened. And I felt so guilty for so long. Like I just kept dragging it out and it was like, I finally had to say it was actually January, 2020 where I decided that year was going to be back to basics. And I was just cutting everything that was unnecessary for me to live and take care of my family out of my life, at least temporarily and find a base, a new baseline for me to then build up even more so that I could be more, I don't want to say resistant because I really do want to help people, but, not at the same time absorb what they're going through. Like be able to be kind of like objective and be empathetic. It's such a hard, fine line. Like it's really well, hard. You to can't do both, right? How are you supposed to help people if you can't help yourself first, right? First, you got to stand on your own two feet and then you can start helping people. However, there's something to be said when you have people sharing those things with you, if you can separate the two, right? If you can do that, they fuel you. They give you that energy to keep going. Now, all of a sudden, you know, your your own physical de uh, debilitations are not the only thing that are fueling you. You're going to beat that, yes. But now you have other people looking up to you and you got to be strong for them as well. Uh, I, I, but then, you know, at the same time, there are other doors that open up, 
right? There, are, and not everything that happens to you is is bad that happens in life. Yeah, the truck blew up. Yeah, you had to go through that stuff too. But then you started to make a change, right? Yeah, I did actually. I met so I met David Meltzer, um, and it was like July. We connected of 2019 at first. Um, and I didn't actually, and actually, I was in the middle of the campaign, and I was trying to ask him for advice on how, to, like, how do I get this off the ground? And um, and what, and I ended up um, he met, mentoring with him, um, and that started in mid September, and I actually got to meet him. He came here to Pittsburgh. And I took my youngest and we went down to meet him in person. It was amazing. And uh, it was, I remember our very first session and I'm like, I want to do this with the, my business. I'm going to do this with the campaign. And he's basically in so many words was like, you're not ready. You need to stop and you need to take care of your health before you do anything else. Mm-hmm. And it was like, wow. Like if you could tell that in a phone call in five minutes, there was some kind of alternate connection between us. And, and he's talked about it. Like he knew how ambitious I was, but he also knew that if I kept running down that road, I was just going to drive myself into the ground. And at first I was like, Hmm, that wasn't the advice that I was looking for. But the more <laughs> I thought about, you know what I mean? Like the more I thought about it, it was like, you're absolutely right. And, and, and I'm talking to you for a reason. So I'm going to listen. And that's how I, like I said, that was in September and then October, we talked about some other things. He was teaching me how, you know, focus on my sleep. And giving me practical tips on how to focus on my sleep. Sleep was a big issue that I wasn't, I wasn't addressing as well as I could have been. Um, and that made a world of difference. And then that was, like I said, in January, 2020, I decided to go back to basics. I was cutting all of these things out of my life. And that's when I really started to fi- find myself healing was when I was let, able to let go of all of these things that I thought I had to be doing. And really 2020 turned into a year of surrender for me. Like there's no other word to describe 2020, but surrender. What do, what um, do you, what do you mean by surrender? Cause it could mean a, a lot of different things. I mean, you could have surrendered to the pain. You could have surrendered to your business. You could have surrendered to like, what did you mean by that? So I just, I let go of control of everything. And as, as a, somebody that recovered from a, like clinical OCD, that was a really big deal. Like I was not, it was, it was a process, but it was um, making known what I wanted to do, setting boundaries, and then really kind of letting the universe guide me, not, not without getting like too woo-woo about it. It's actually really fascinating. Um, and I read a book by, I think it was Michael Singer, and it was called The Art of Surrender, and it was recommended by David. And it was, it's not about sitting on your butt and doing nothing. You know, you don't just wait for stuff to come to you. It doesn't work that way. But it's really about tuning into like to your intuition, listening to your intuition. And that's why I said uh, now I'm starting to realize that these split split second decisions that I'm making really are my intuition. Like I get super excited. I'm like, okay, yes, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Like when you said about we talked the other day and I'm like Thursday, I was like, oh, crap. And I'm like, I'm going to right now. Yes, (laughs) because if I sit here and overthink it, I'm going to be like, well, this is happening and dinner. And I don't know if my husband's going to be here. And and I was like, yes. And I let go. And I was like, everything's going to be great. Everything's going to work out for me. Like, you know, it's it, so it, it's it's so funny how we as humans, we think about everything, right? We, we wait, we wait, we think about it. And we're like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. I'll start that on Monday. I'll start that on the first of the month at the beginning of the year. We think, we think, we think, we think very few 
take action, right? And and that's one of the things that that uh, you've you've surrendered to is that you've made a decision, and now you're going to take action on that. Or not, you know the outcome. You don't know whether it's going to be a great interview. You don't know whether it's going to be a good product or a good message, but you're doing it. And 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 what people fail to realize, it's the quantity of at-bats that you get that's going to make you better. The, the, you're setting yourself up for success because you're trying something. And you get when you, when you take an action, you get a result, right? It may not be right. the result you intended, but you get a result. And that result you can improve upon if you continue to go forward. The thought action, the thinking about maybe someday taking action in the future that might never happen, you're never going to get anywhere. And then you're going to look back in time and you're going to be like, oh, I should have done that. I should have done that. Now tell me about yeah. two-minute drill. Like you made an act. You made that a decision here. You made a decision, <laughs> right? What, what kind of decision was that? It was another very split second decision. And, and I think I wanted just to tie in real quick here that the art of surrender has a lot to do with trusting that there's something else out there, whether you believe in God, Buddha, the universe, law of attraction, whatever it is that you believe in, something else out there has your best interest in mind. And that if you just trust that you're going to make the right decisions and listen to your into all these things are kind of tied together. So two, two minute drill was another one of those things. And I want to be completely honest with you. I, that was another thing I thought about and thought about and thought about. And it was like, I, I kind of was half assing it, like thinking about what I was, I didn't feel like I was cut out for two minute drill. I had nothing. I was listening to practice pitches. I was listening to other episodes of things that were similar. I'm like, I don't have any of this information and like numbers and finances and, and projections and, you know, all these, some of these things I had never even heard of. And I'm like, I have, I have no way to compete. And it was in a group set coaching session. Um, David was talking about, you know, two minute drill, apply, pitch, da, da, da. Ah, ah. That's my kids. Uh, sorry. Um, and at the very end of the session, before he logged off, he was like, that means you, Bonnie. And I called <laughs> me out in front of the whole group. And I was like, damn it. You know, like, Okay. And then it was a matter, honestly, a matter of like, I'm not going to let him down. Like he just called me out. I'm going to at least go fill out that application. Then I waited two more days, like 1130 at night, one night, I was like, okay, I'm just going to do this. And it asked you for a mini pitch, like in the application. I'm like, I don't know what to write. So I literally wrote that on the spot. And it was funny because at the same time, I didn't have a target audience completely figured out. I was still kind of, it was still an idea. And in like four seconds, I was like, this is my target audience. And as I said, the things were just delivered to me like instantaneously because I let go. So I submitted the application. I'm like, okay, whatever. And I didn't think anything of it. Two days later, I got the email and I'm screaming. I'm running around telling people I got accepted. I'm texting people. They're like, what are you talking about? So anyways, fast forward and I get to, you know, I get to record and it was. Wait, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I got, I'm going to, I'm going to pause you there. Cause that's good. I want to get to that point where, where we start recording, but. I want to know what you were feeling, like truly feeling. Yes, you have excitement because you got accepted, but you had to have something in the pit of your stomach like, oh, shit, like, is this really happening? It, after the excitement wore off, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to write. I was like, I, I have no idea. I was like, I got to write a pitch now. Like, I have, t- I have t- like two and a half weeks to write. And I, I'm going to be honest, that was the one thing, like, I didn't procrastinate on. Like, I got started on it almost immediately and just wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote. And it was like, I'm just like pages and I'm using word counters. And, and it was just, it was insane because I originally had like 850 words. And I think my final pitch was like 390 because you have two minutes, you have two minutes to pitch your, your business idea. 
and there was definitely a lot of oh shit moments. There was definitely a lot of imposter syndrome. Like, like, who are you to be doing this? Like you're still business still isn't really off the ground. Now you're trying to pitch a new business idea. Like it was, I had a lot of that, but it was just in the back of my mind that I got picked for a reason. Like I at least need to try this. At least need to give it my best shot. Like what's the worst that could happen? The very least I get exposure, right? It's a national global television. And that was kind of what kept me going was I don't want to, I don't want to uh, embarrass David and I'm going to be on global TV. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, that was, that was what I was holding on to. Um, All right. 850 words in you're freaking out. You're, you're still getting mentoring. So you're getting a little bit of help and guidance on developing your pitch. Uh, and then you're getting ready to record. So help me, help me get into your mindset as you're getting closer and closer to recording date and then stepping on that stage. I was, I, I have probably 400 recordings of me practicing my pitch. I still have it hanging up here behind the camera um, on my mirror because I, I hung it up just in case I got stuck. I memorized it like 15 times different ways and I kept making adjustments. So I was nervous that I was going to mess up because I kept changing words and moving things around. Um, it, it was, it was insane. It was, I, in the, I remember the one thing was it was cold and I was worried because it was right at noon. I think like like 1245, I was supposed to record virtually. I'm like, it's in the middle of school. My other kids are on the computer doing other schoolwork. You know, my who's going to watch the kids? Where are they going to go? How's it going to be quiet? Like all of these different things. I said, I hung the curtain in my room and was grabbing all the lights from everywhere. So it was just, it was exciting, but I wasn't stopping to think, right? It was just constant taking action. It's almost like you're in panic mode and you don't allow yourself time to think where you just do, 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 and hope that everything works out for the best. Um, and it did. It was, it was, it was phenomenal. The whole experience was terrifying and exhilarating all at the same time. All right. So now you start recording, right? So now you're, now you're doing a pitch. Walk, walk, walk me through what it's like. I mean, now you're talking to Dave and he's on the other side. He's got his co-host. Like, are you watching other people, you know, do their pitches first? How did that work? out? So our power went out that morning. Of course it would. Power, right? power. So like an hour before I was supposed to record and then our internet wouldn't come back on. So it was like five minutes before I'm supposed to get on here and our, we got internet back. Right. So that whole thing was just like me trying to get ready. And again, surrender, like telling, ask my husband, can you take care of this? Asking my son, can you take care of this? Like delegating, which I'm not naturally very good at. I'm one of those, I'll just do it myself kind of people. Um, and you, you, you log in and it's, you're talking to a producer, so you don't see anybody at first. Um, it, it's a lot of standing around, a lot of waiting for your turn. I talked for a total of maybe three minutes for the whole thing, except to the producer. Um, I was lucky that I set up my webcam with my ring light. So I wasn't actually looking at anybody but the camera. <laughs> because had I been on a stage talking to these people, I probably would have passed out. Like, I'm not even kidding you. It was literally staring into this blinding light and I tripped over a couple of my words and recovered. And it was, it, it, it was, like I said, it was, it's very surreal. The whole thing is still very surreal. Like I still can't believe it's airing tomorrow. Like I can't believe that it happened. I, it, it's, 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 in, it's insane. Like, I don't know how else to describe it. So once you started, once you, once you had your pitch, you know, 
you were you you laid it out there. You're starting to get some feedback from them. I mean, I don't want to say you know results or anything like that. But how did you feel when you were done? Like you know you you get a, you get a call back later on. But what did you feel? You know, once your pitches were and the camera's off, what were you thinking? I honestly turned to my camera and I was like, I effing won this. Just to put it out there into the universe. Like I recorded the whole thing on my phone while I was doing the pitch on my webcam with my computer, just to have it for myself. And I said that, but again, there was another like hour of waiting. Like I, I, you did get to watch the other people pitch. So it was like, I was going through, I'm like, wow, that was really amazing. And then I would listen to what the judges had to say. And my opinions were sometimes the same and sometimes different without, you know, giving away any of the information. But like, it was a very intense process because you also don't know they're like okay you're done and we'll be back with you in a little bit and you're like okay it's a little bit five minutes a little bit 30 minutes <laughs> you're just standing there kind yeah. of waiting for somebody to pop back on the screen um it was I, like i said it was exhilarating it was it was very intense i'm very lucky um and, and grateful that the whole thing worked out really well um like keep the, my husband keeping the kids quiet having Pretty, the one funny thing I'm going to throw in here is the internet problems we were still having. I had to record three more times after my initial recording because my video was all like wonky cutting out. And I finally actually had to record and just send them a, you know, a recording um, just so they had a backup for, for when they put everything together. Um, so like I said, the whole, the whole way was like a whole bunch of no's. Like it was, you know, like our power cut out, like, it was just so many different things saying you're not supposed to do this. You're not supposed to do this. And I just kept like plowing through every single part of it. Like I'm supposed to be here at this time and I'm going to make it here and I'm going to do what I, what I came here to do kind of thing. Um, so, yeah. Well, look, your journey is nowhere near over. Like you're, you're just getting started, but you've come such a long way. What advice would you want to give to your unbreakable tribe, to the people who are out there who are just getting started, who have an idea, they're taking a shower this morning, they had an idea, and that imposter syndrome is starting to set in, starting to tell them, no, you can't do that, you're incapable, you have a family, you have X, Y, and Z things in your way. What do you want to tell them? I would say to start with the smallest piece possible and just get that started. Like if if you're finding you're having trouble, whether it's health-related um, you know, school related, education with a new job, whatever it is, if you're trying to start something new and you're finding it really difficult, take the smallest, easiest piece of that and check that off your list. Break it down into small pieces and just start knocking them. And a lot of people will find that just by doing that one small thing that they want to do the next thing and the next thing. And pretty soon they're not thinking about their imposter syndrome anymore. And they're just knocking mm-hmm. the tasks out one at a time. You build that momentum, you know, um, once, once you get going, it's sometimes it's hard to stop. Yeah. Dude, totally. I can't wait to see what you guys, what you do here in the future. It's going to be some great stuff. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, well, you know what? Let people know. How can they, how can they watch the two minute drill? You know, when does it premiere and how can they get a hold of you? So they, um, the series, the first two episodes are up on Amazon prime now. Um, my, my episode goes live tomorrow night on Bloomberg TV and that's the Bloomberg live TV. So you have to find it through Hulu or your local cable network, um, at 8 30 PM Pacific time. So 1130 my time, Eastern time. Um, and my episode should be uploaded to Amazon next week, I guess. 
Um, and at, you guys can find me at Posh Notions pretty much everywhere, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, my website, all under Posh Notions. So. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Well, Bonnie, it's been an awesome uh, ride to see where you've gone, where you've come from and where you've gone. You're one of, you're in a unique position to also have seen where we started at and where we are today. So, you know, I'm, I want to ask you, what, what do you think of our show and, and, and our journey? I love this, this setup. I've been watching you guys on Facebook whenever I can. I think it's amazing because when we talked, it was like a phone call. And I think you recorded and then put up on um, just just the vocal, the audio, mm-hmm. um, and then post it up on your website. And it was like all of a sudden, like I turn around, and I'm going through all my stuff, or I turn around, boom, and it's like you have a show. And I'm like, holy crap, this is amazing. Got rid of the layout. And like it was just, it was, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's fantastic. Um, I, it feels very professional. Um, sitting here in my bedroom talking to you guys, um, <laughs> with your background and everything. Um, it's very different, you know, from, from what it was before. And the, the consistency that you guys show is just, it's just amazing. It's, it's definitely um, something I aspire to do with my social media again, is that, that consistency that you're, you guys show up every single day and do what you say you're going to do. Boom. And that's what it's about. That's what the, the whole thing in business is about. By the way, uh, I mean, you, you know, you get our emails and stuff. Uh, that's one of the services that we offer because there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there that need to be posting daily, right? They need to have their content out there so that people start to recognize their brand, people see who they are. Uh, and you start to really, you know, that tribe so that that tribe can see and and connect with you on a regular basis. So for all of you ladies and gentlemen who are out there who are in business looking to get started, we do have that program. All you got to do is go to businessbros.biz slash done for you and we'll create all your content for an entire month. We sit, we have a conversation just like Bonnie and I did today and then we cut that up and we break it up into multiple pieces so you have all your social media content for the month and it's really, really affordable. It's like 300 bucks a month for you to have all your content squared away. So, you know, it's a man consistent in getting out there and getting it done. Bonnie, you are incredible. You are truly unbreakable. Your shirt lives on the <laughs> flag shelf over here because your your message is super powerful and you're one of the first, uh, first uh, Business Bros fans that we've had. So I want to thank you for coming on the program and sharing your story. Ladies and gents, check out Bonnie's episode. Remember, it's on Bloomberg TV, 8.30 p.m. Uh, and follow her on all social media at Posh Notions. Thanks again for coming on the show. Thank you so much. It was so much fun. And, of course, your fans are just cheering you on here. <laughs> all right, Gina. Thanks, LB. And, ladies and gents, we'll see you guys at 4 o'clock. And it is my favorite day of the week, ladies and gents. S-H-I-T, so happy it's Thursday. Go out and be productive. We'll see you guys later. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income? Hernan, the Business Bro, can help you generate referrals through the power of podcasting. And James, the Insurance Bro with Pipeline Insurance, can help you effectively add insurance to your existing business. If you are ready to create wealth today and generational wealth for tomorrow, email businessbros at csfirst.com to schedule a free consultation or join the Business Bros Network, www.businessbros.biz.